Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we have a special listener-generated episode today in that we have uh, thrown open the doors to Happy Ramp Corporate, um, allowed our listeners to, to take a little peek behind the curtain and uh, throw some questions. So we have questions locked and loaded and dialed up, but we also have Many business deals, multiple business deals in the works. Um, we have sponsors new and old on the program. And Piper, I'm going to let you tell us a bit about them. Yeah, so we have two sponsors this week, which is exciting. And uh, last week we did an episode that that followed the how it started, how it's going meme and just talked through some different things. Well, that actually applies to one of our sponsors because... Our good friends at Dwell are back in the fold, and they are, they're a longtime partner of ours. And so as I was writing out the details for this one, I was thinking, man, we've done this for like a year with them. And it started when they were sort of a fledgling Bible app company. They were just making it big because our, our good friend, friend of the podcast, Matt Chandler, promoted them to his church. Oh, I and thought they I made it big they because are. we promoted them. Well, well, that's the thing. So they 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 kind of got a foot in the door because of Chandler. Yeah. But listen to where they are now. Okay. So they had like two voices and two Bible versions, and it was it was good, but pretty minimalist at that point. Yeah. They've got ten voices now. My goodness. They have at least six or seven listen through the Bible in a year plans, along with a whole bunch of other ones that are like listen through the Psalms, themes of Scripture. They have encouragement playlists for people who are suffering. They have. They have musical backgrounds. All of this stuff has has come since we started working with them. Interesting. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it's fair to say that how it's going is great. Our relationship with them is strong. Yeah, uh, they are doing amazing things. Uh, they've added all sorts of features. We'll talk more about that in the future. But for listeners, go to dwellapp.io/happyrant. They've rolled out a new discount structure. So for the annual subscription, it's a ten percent discount at that link. Um, but for the lifetime subscription, it's a 33% discount, which is less than a hundred dollars. So for, for less than a hundred dollars, you have access to this in perpetuity. And at the rate that they've been improving things, that just means you're going to have, you're going to have endless options of how to engage scripture henceforth and forever. So again, go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant and get a 10% discount off their annual subscription or 33% off the lifetime one. Check out dwell, um, my wife uses it. I use it. We love it. Ted, you, you're a fairly regular user, right? Dude, yeah, we use it and we both love it. So my wife especially is a huge fan and, uh, and I'm a big fan too. So great product, great company to be in business with. Um, they have a, actually a mega lifetime plan where if you pay just a little bit more, they'll actually send a sweet little old lady to your house to like read you the scripture in person. Um, Man. Yeah. That's kind I of how, I don't know how I missed that. I feel like I feel like they're they're holding out on me. That's sort I'm, of a VIP package. To be working these deals. But yeah, no, okay. I know it. I know it, and I don't want there to be inequity between us. But uh, all all of that to say, I'm like a, I'm only a moderately important person, not a very important. Well, person. I missed you know, that one. You know, incredible company though. Great to be back in business with them. We took a little break, just a just a tiny break, long enough to like appreciate each other again. You know what I mean? Long yeah, enough know, to miss them. You, you got to take a breather over the holidays. You know, kind of just. 
just take a step back from from pushing business so hard, and that's what we did. Yeah. And, and now we're back in strong partnership with Dwell and, and ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. Pipe our second about our, sponsor. Our second sponsor. Yeah, list, listeners will notice a theme here because this is also this is also a Bible. Uh, this is also a Bible publisher. It's the Christian Standard Bible, uh, produced by Lifeway. Um, last week we introduced kind of just the CSB as a whole, laid out a discount code for you where you can get a 40% off of any CSB edition for the month of February at lifeway.com. So if you go back to the show notes or our social media, you can find that. But this week we want to highlight their uh, Christian Standard Commentary Series. So this is a set of commentaries that they are rolling out with some really top-notch scholars. So the first one they released was by Tom Schreiner, who is somebody I have a ton of respect for. That's on First and Second Peter. They have Second Corinthians, and then I think they have a Galatians one out as well right now. And those are coming out. And then they're also releasing Christian Standard Bible notebooks. So each book of the Bible has text on one page and blank line paper on the others. If you've seen the ESV journals, this is the CSB version of those. Um, and those are fantastic. I love those for Bible studies with people, personal devotional work. Um, and they're offering a 50% discount on the Christian Standard Commentaries or the Christian Standard Bible Notebooks. If you go to lifeway.com, you can just search those. And then it's a long discount code. So again, look at the show notes for this. It is CSB Feb Happy 21. CSB Feb Happy 21. All of that will be in the show notes and on social media. So if you can't remember right now, don't worry. But it's 50% off the Christian Standard Commentaries. So these are a mix of scholarship and pastoral. It's not super technical, nor is it just sort of uh, sermonic expositional. And then those scripture notebooks. So again, go to lifeway.com, use code CSBFEBHAPPY21 to get 50% off of those or last week's code to get 40% off of any Bible edition. They're gonna, and they're going to keep rolling these in the next few weeks. So keep listening for additional discounts. Search this on Lifeway or go to csbible.com to just check out the whole translation. I use it pretty regularly. Right now I'm using their Spurgeon Study Bible for my devotional times. Find it super beneficial. I love it. Awesome. Piper, extraordinary promo work by you. Um, we asked you to kind of do double duty on those, and you, uh, you, you crushed it as usual. Boys, I want to talk about a third company. And for me, growing up, this company was like, seriously, no exage, probably second only to Nike in terms of like the pedestal that I put them on in our house. And the company is Little Debbie. And we have a, we have a Little Debbie story to share. In that, uh, we mentioned one of their products on the air a couple of episodes ago. And as a result, for all three of us, a huge case of Little Debbie snack cakes, uh, oatmeal cream pies to be specific, uh, arrived on our doorsteps. And I tell you, and, and it's probably the stories are different for both of, for all three of us, but um, it was one of those moments where like, I really did feel famous and important. You know what I mean? Like I say something on the show or you do pipe and then, and then product appears on my doorstep and not only product, but product from a company that I held in such high esteem. Like when you grew up in the eighties with a mom who didn't bake, little Debbie was like, in in a sense, stood in for your mom in that regard. And, um, yeah, those products were all over my house in the eighties. Surrogate, surrogate cookie baker. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, what a, what a joy. And we got a nice note. Um, so the guy—it yeah, was personalized. That was the—that was the yeah. most amazing part. Like, it'd be one thing if this showed up and it was just like a little, you know, like a little printed out gift tag that was like for the Happy Rant host. But it was personalized note from 
Kenny Hammontree. Dude, shout out is, Kenny. Is a listener. And just, yeah, went above and beyond. And apparently he's a Little Debbie brand manager, which has now jumped to the top of potential alternate careers for me if this if this man oh, most doesn't work out. Most definitely. And, and the fact that we know somebody in the Little Debbie empire with that kind of influence, I feel like it's only a matter of time before we lock down a sponsorship with that company. Um, I feel like those talks are, are probably already taking place. And I've never known a bad Kenny. I think we've talked about this in the program before. Yeah, but anybody who goes true. by Kenny is just a solid dude. And, you know, again, it's uh, it's proving itself to be true. So, Kenny. Do you, do you think Little Debbie needs our help? You know, in, in the rise of, like, sugar is the devil. Oh, yeah. Gluten, gluten is, the, is devil. the devil's spawn. Right. And dairy kills everybody. The hipsterization uh, of food. Yeah, and everybody wants to eat just like raw seeds instead of like once the plants have actually grown. <laughs> exactly. I'm just wondering how these preservative-filled sugar bombs are are holding up. Well, dude, I tell you um, what, the fact that they're still out there, they're still on the shelves. I feel like there's a rock-solid kind of unshakable quality to Little Debbie, where the the ebbs and flows of all these trends, dude. You remember all the trends? Like when when we were kids in the eighties, our moms were eating like dry baked potatoes and like pasta with no topping and everything. And now that would be anathema, right? Because it's carbs. Um, but little De- little Debbie has been there through all the trends, man. The trends come and they go. They're all the same. But uh, but little Debbie is uh, is the one constant. Uh, but I think they do need our help, pipe, to answer your question. And we are we are standing by as a company. Uh, to partner with them, to form an alliance, uh, to provide our help. So um, I, will, I will be waiting for that phone call pipe this week. But uh, far be it for me to keep Ronald waiting. He's, he's waited a whole nine and a half minutes with no talking. So Piper, I've got yeah, he chuckled. He chuckled once. Did he chuckle? I did chuckle, boys. Boys, I'm still with you. Don't don't think that I'm checked out. I'm just listening intently. I want to I want to I want to gain the wisdom that you guys have for me from the Livy little Deb discussion this morning. So I'm I'm good. Everything's you, good. I bet your mom was a health nut. She probably didn't allow little Debbie products into the house. Is that is that the okay? Case? So here's uh, let me let me give you the uh, let me give you the the story behind that. Like mm-hmm. we did not. I think it might be a Midwest thing because I don't remember ever eating little Debbie products in SoCal. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean obviously there were little Debbie products, sure, but we were eating like, we were more like hostess, right? So oh, we're doing sure. like Twinkies and ding dongs. And like, yeah. that was the stuff that kind of entered our house. Yeah. It was ne- like, I'm not kidding boys. I think I- I'm not trying to be funny here. I think that's the first oatmeal, little Debbie oatmeal cream pie I've ever had, man. Fascinating, baby. That's fascinating. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Because when I opened them, I, I was like thinking they were going to be these jumbo-sized yeah, yeah. oatmeal cream cookies. And they're not. They're like twice the size of an Oreo. Yeah, and dude, they're like, slender. They're streamlined. They yeah. do have the jumbo ones. You can find those. And they're, they're, they're the same deliciousness, just twice as big. But I so. will say this, boys, and I agree with you, Pipe. Like, so obviously when I got that box of 497 boxes of, of uh, you know, OCPs, I, uh, man, I obviously had to open one because I, I was in the office at church. And uh, me and one of my staff guys, we opened one. And I said, dude, this, I think this is the first time for me. Man, and I put that thing in my mouth, and it was like a small taste of heaven. Mm. That thing, it's legit. Absolutely. I mean, that thing was it is real. legit. It is legit. I mean, I just, I was looking around going, man, how many of these boxes can I eat right now? And where, where is the coffee? I mean, it was, it was all there for me. Absolutely, dude. And then, um, and then there, then there, I posted it, right? And, and there was like a debate from some people, some members from my church were debating. They were talking about like other LD 
products uh-huh. like comparing which one was the best yeah like the je- the jelly roll which like totally no my interest now i want that's that's incorrect dude i'm a big the, swiss the, cake roll guy i feel like that's yes, a that's, that's a strong a product from them i think that's what i'm talking about right the swiss cake the roll yeah. the, the the raspberry no yeah, no swiss, swiss cake, cake roll is, just has the white cream yeah it's it's a chocolate cake with like a a little bit of an icing on and, and a white cream and it's uh it's delicious you know what, man? I, I gotta say this, man. Midwesterners yeah. love their cream, and I'm not really a cream guy. It's weird oh. to me. You know, I, mean, I can I can take just a, a like a dab of it in my Twinkie. Yeah. But like you got you guys just want it to be like all cream and like just like a, a morsel well, of cake. That's that's the thing about the the Swiss cake roll. So it's like it's rolled up like it's it's literally like a spiral. So the cream is super thin, and then it's oh, it coated okay. on the outside with like a chocolate. Like a kind of a crunchy chocolate frosting. Maybe you would love. So it's this mostly thing. chocolate really cake with this, yeah. with just a touch of cream. I think well, it's right up your alley. Because the OCPs have, they're not very creamy, which is yeah. why I liked it. It was mainly the cookie, which is what I'm more about, mm. right? So I, you know, there it is. Yeah, I feel like the cream is just a binding agent in that one, but uh, but yeah, it, it yeah. does a really good job. Boys, last thing on Little Debbie, and then I swear we're going to get to these listener Little questions. Deb, man. Little Deb, Little Deb, dude. What if Little Deb partnered with us to like develop a new product? Similar to oh how my goodness, so yeah. Similar to how Nike brought on Jordan in uh, the early '80s, and and they developed a shoe. It'd be real there. similar too, and they yeah. did well. You know, they did well yeah. so, as as a as the story goes. But uh, I wonder if we Some could develop happy pies. Yeah, a, a product for for Little Debbie, an exclusive to the show kind of thing. So maybe Kenny, if you're listening, reach out. Um, let's do business. Yeah, um, Kenny, what would it take for us to have like the happy cake? Kenny, let's get rich together. I mean, not all about money, but kind of, you know. What would the happy cake be? Like, I think we might get into a dispute because Ronnie wants more like fruit and stuff. And I'm I'm kind of anti-fruit. I really like that. But but in terms of baked goods, generally, I lean more like the cream, chocolate, et cetera way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care. I mean, I'll take whatever they want to do. I mean, yeah, I'm a little more I'm a little more fruity. Yeah. But um, you know, chocolate's not no really problem. my thing. Yeah. Because uh because I'm a man. Take that out of but um <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh I like I like how we just bring it back to fifth grade every chance we get, boys. But um <laughs> yeah, so um I, I, I'm I'm willing to just roll with however I'm <laughs> I'm willing to jelly roll with Kenny however he wants to jelly roll. Dude, can't yeah. I can't wait. These creative sessions are gonna be amazing. Dude, happy cakes, that's a that's a thing. Happy cakes is a real thing. That's that's too good a name. To let yeah. go to waste, you know, and it fits. It fits in with the, it fits in with the LD branding too. Happy, it really? Cake. Does. It's almost like how do they not have happy cakes? That's a money maker. To be fair, that that sounds like a product that like a huckster in an Andy Griffith episode would have come up with. But that is that is the origin of. I'm Little comfortable Depp. being that huckster. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. I just want. I mean, just, just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. For sure. Happy cakes. I mean, it literally like that becomes like a cult phenom, right? Yeah. They're for kids. Huge. Kids talk about growing up eating happy cakes. And yeah. pipe. Here's the thing, man. There's room to have like the fruit version, the chocolate version. It, it doesn't have to be one thing. Yeah. Yeah, happy cakes. They probably, could be a whole they line. probably need to do some market testing. So they roll out one that's like a strawberry chocolate, whatever, and then another one that's more cream based, and they just kind of see how the how the market bears it out, and mm. which one would be most successful. Boys, business. I can't even imagine. I can't even like my excitement and enthusiasm for this show would reach like just untethered heights if we had happy cakes mm. as part of our. As part of part of our branding, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. It would literally, I would literally feel like there's nothing more for me to do now. There's literally nothing else to accomplish. And you would be right. Life. Yeah, you. you and would I would be 100 percent correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For Happy sure. cakes was the moment in which 
all the dreams came true yeah. in one dream. It's about time. You know, it's, it's about, about time, time, Big T. Uh, I mean, Big T, talk about – I mean, just give everybody a little flavor. Just literally, you know, vamp for 30 seconds sure. on this one. Ha- tell them how much Happy Cakes would be a realization of a version of a dream that we used yeah. to talk about ad nauseum in Fort Wayne 10 years ago. Well, dude, yeah, those those trips, I mean, for you and I, were just creative brainstorming sessions <laughs> in, in which, by and large, we would dream about um, – Getting rich off of ridiculous things that would never come to fruition. And not that that's where this discussion is. I see this not nope. in the slightest. I see Don't this as something like that, completely different, completely attainable. But yeah, baby, I, I think there was this desire for you and me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a desire oh, to, uh, to put kind happy of, cakes in my mouth. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a desire to kind of leave our mark on the world. You know what I mean? A oh. desire to create a product that would bring joy. That would make people or happy. Your, your sugar and grease stain on the world in this case. And to be fair, would bring some esteem and some, um, I don't know, some some lasting kind of fame to you and me. Significance, right? You know, you take our empty lives and you and you strip everything away, and what do you have at the end? Right? You have some happy cakes, and people are happy as a result. And Maybe I think after all the happy. After cakes. you take away all the happy cakes. <laughs> You know, and we're just a couple of we're a couple of snack moguls, which is what we've really wanted to be this whole time. Can we uh, can we talk serious? I want to talk seriously for one second before we get to the topics, man. Uh, Is there I mean, we can assume, Kenny, you're listening. So we we, we, you have you know, we have your ear right Mm -hmm. now. Um, Is there is there a realistic possibility with his position, which we're not really sure with how, how how high up he is on the little dev chain? Yeah. Like, is it possible for him to like for this to literally become like a legitimate proposal. Yeah. No, I know. I, I want this to be a thing and I want it to be a serious thing. And, and, and truly, Kenny, reach out. Um, you know how to get a hold of the program. We're ready to do some product development. This would be great. And, and honestly, I think this kind of thing is sort of next level sponsorship, kind of the future of podcasting. Um, I think so. And I think, I think so. we need to be on the cutting edge of this and I'm, I'm ready to do a deal with them. So, mm. um, mm. yeah. And I'm ready to do a deal with Nike for shoes. I mean, that's been out there for a long time. Nothing's happened. Uh, I don't want to say I've, I've gotten glum about that, but maybe a little bit. So, um, <laughs> that's out there too. Just, I'm more of an Adidas guy. I would take Adidas. I, I would I, take Adidas too. Don't hear me saying I would close the door on Adidas. I wouldn't. Um, I'm here for both companies, but boys, uh, I'm here to also share questions that our listeners have sent in greatest fan base in the history of podcasting. I think our fan base. Yeah. Really not close. Yeah. If you haven't done so subscribe, give us a five star. Um, we're not interested in any other rating other than that. Um, so subscribe and give us a five star, but this is one that kind of speaks to pipe a unique relationship. I think, you know, some of us, a lot of us in life, the Lord blesses us with someone who's kind of a, a helpmate, uh, someone to come alongside us, someone to share our hopes and dreams with, share our lives with, our ups and downs. Um, for most of us, that's our, our spouse. Uh, for Ronald, it's at Jared C. Wilson. Um, a unique, yeah, a unique deal, baby, right? I mean, just someone to kind of partner with in life. And uh, it's big. So this is a question from D-Rock. 
Uh, mm. Yeah, D Rock at already sounds yeah, already sounds really like a thoughtful like- young man, right? <laughs> at Eagle Bauer is his uh, his handle, and he he says this. Of course, it is. Yeah, because Jared C appears to be a big sports fan. Does he ask Ronnie to leave when it's almost time for a big game? So he's he's sort of wanting to get into the nitty gritty, the day the daily kind of ebbs and flows of your relationship. So mm. because Jared this is, C, this is really a this is yeah. really a question about like compromise and and conflict resolution, give and take in a relationship pipe. Yeah, absolutely. So Ronald, can you speak to that? Um, just in the normal day to day of your life with Jared, what that looks like for you guys? Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question. Yeah. Really insightful. D-Rock. Thoughtful guy. So, so, hey, D-Rock, you got to understand something about me and Jared C is that we, we let each other kind of run in our own lanes. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going on and on about the things that he doesn't care about and has no clue about. And he's respecting the things that I don't care about and have no clue about. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to sports in particular, um, I don't know that we've ever had one conversation about Tom Brady. Mm. who's his that's his that's his boy you know Interesting. and um so yeah it's never come up it's literally never come up and by the way jared c i will say this man jared c is maybe one of the most like private people that i've ever known in my life because you're on the so private guy spectrum too so you you guys probably do well in that regard I mean, kind of, but I, you know, I like a little bantering. I like a little more interaction than I think Jared C likes. So Jared C is like, you know, I, I'm a professional. Jared C is like, I do all the stuff I have to do with people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, because, because that's part of my job. Whereas mm-hmm. I actually, I enjoy being with people and hanging out and having a sure, good time. And sure. that's, that's not so much Jared C. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So Jared C, it's very selective. Sure. It's a, it's a very, it's a very selective Man, you made union. the cut. Way to go. Yeah. Wow. Now, would you I say made the cut. I, I don't, don't know wanna, how? I don't know how. I don't want to create controversy here by throwing these terms around lightly. So I'm going to do it thoughtfully, like D Rock, Eagle Bauer. Um, it was, yeah. Would Would you say that you guys are kind of egalitarian then in your in your approach to the relationship? Oh, yeah. big T. Yeah. Um, I thought, isn't that on the list of words we? we I did. It. I went there. on the program. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say I would say we're very much uh, obviously not in our theology, but in our friendship, we're sure. very much the E word. Sure, sure. Well, how does how does male headship work in this relationship? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, as egalitarians, we don't believe in male headship, you yeah. know, in this relationship, right? There is no such thing as as male headship, right? Would you consider yourself male feminists? I'm just trying to figure uh, out how this all works together. Think, You're getting think, some some real. Like interesting territory here with Ron. I think male. I think male feminists. I think that about sums it up. I think me and Jared C are we are the male feminists of the podcasting world. Well, you got to. Well, you you guys in the liturgists. You're you're neck and neck on that one. <laughs> Careful. Yeah, I think we, we are the. Still, ma- I, I think Jared still works headship. at an institution with with a particular um, diminutive yes. someone who would be yes. very offended at this conversation. So we should we should maybe move on. That's true. I've we are it. the. Uh, we are the male headship. We are the male headship podcast over the liturgists. Let me just put it. Back. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> boy, we're the art of pastoring is the male headship pod over the liturgists. There Hype! This is like an East Coast West Coast rap battle at this oh, point. Oh, it's big. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's huge. Big. It's big. Except, except that the people on the other side will just bury themselves in their feelings and and, right. and write a you know a nine track EP about it or something. That's right. It right. will be as nonviolent as as it can be. Um, well, Piper, I've got another question dialed up here. That's kind of a it's a it's another Ronald question. So this comes out of the 
the the ethos of Ronald as conference man. So a persona that we that we crafted mm. for him that really he crafted for himself, but but we kind of yeah, gave we it a name. Yeah, we yeah. gave it a name, conference man. Remember back when they used to have conferences, boys? No, baby, oh, back in man. the 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 golden era for the you. The golden era. Yeah, absolutely. When life was just one big plane ticket. You know, where are we going this week, honey? Right? <laughs> Pack that rolling bag. Get Pack the land you're jelly ready. rolls in that rolling bag. Pack those little Debbie. That's Pack those right. happy cakes. That's right. Get the happy cakes. That's what we're going to be able to say someday, aren't we, Big T? Yeah, that's right. Our own happy cakes, branded personally by us. Um, all right, here's the question, boys. This is from Hussite. H-U-S-S-I-T-E, Hussite, at Huss Joshua. Mm. What is actually the best conference you've ever been to? One that you've truly enjoyed in its entirety, and we'll we'll let everybody speak to this one. Um, Mm. What is actually the best conference you've ever been to? One that you truly enjoyed in its entirety. Um, Piper, I'm going to let you go first. It's been a little Yeah, I'm not good on my feet with those ones. I need a minute to think. Yeah, you've been to a lot of them. I'm trying to think if I've ever actually attended a conference. <laughs> you um, no, so because you would always go as an emissary of your of your company. Yes, yeah. I the only conferences I can remember going to have either been as a representative of a company or on a couple occasions as a speaker, and so, and those are closer to attending because I wasn't you know as as we've discussed often I was never the plenary guy. Um, so if you're like a, a breakout speaker or something, you're not a big deal. Yeah. And uh, so those you kind of attend those. Sure. Um, but I, I've never paid to attend a conference. I have never shelled out a dime to attend any conference. But I've been at I don't know dozens, many dozens. Dude, that's incredible. Um, yeah. So I I think I have a pretty slanted perspective on this because it was like I get to judge like the exhibit hall. And the, you know, how does the conference organizers work with the businesses involved and those kinds of things, which is, you know, I guess it's relevant, but it doesn't really affect a pastor who's attending for his own personal benefit. Yeah, Mm. I like it, Pipe. So for me, I don't... I I could give you a breakdown on which ones treat the exhibitors the best, but that's not... (laughs) um, I don't think that really interests most people. Well, I don't know. I Yeah, maybe maybe that's what Hussite was getting at, but... uh... For me, my, my story is similar to yours, Pipe, in that as an adult, I don't know that I've paid to to really go to a conference. Uh, I've spoken at some. For me, my favorite conference experience, and this is one I would go to like as a teenager, I would go to it with my dad uh, almost every year. It was the, the AFCA Coach of the Year football conference, and it was a coaches conference where like all these coaches from you know, big, big college football programs, small programs, they would come and they would speak on some aspect of coaching. So maybe it would be like zone blitz schemes or like the cover two defense or, you know, just you name it. And Ronnie, that- can you, can you give us 30 seconds on zone blitz schemes real quick? Uh, I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> Carry on boys. Dude, but no, it was, it's a great memory because my dad and I, we would get up super early in the morning and we would, we would always ride to the the conference with this guy in our town named Chuck, who was like the uh, Chuck was like the Al Davis of Pee Wee football in our town. In the like <laughs> through all kinds of illegal and and probably shady means, he would get all the best players on his team. And uh, I don't know how it started, but Chuck started inviting us to this this football conference every year. And we would carpool up there, and you know, you get like a you get a great book at the end of the conference with all the 
you know, all the content and all the schemes and stuff in it. And uh, I still have those books uh, on my shelf here at the library. That, that was a great conference memory because it involved my pops and, and football. So what could be better than that? Um, now, baby, you are the That's, real... That sounds way better than a pastor's conference, I'll be honest. Dude, it really was. It was mm. really fun. You could ask questions mm. of these like big-time like famous coach guys. They were super down-to-earth. It was just, yeah, it was a great time. Um, now, baby, for you... Oh. You're you're almost a professional conference attendee at this point. That's kind of your occupation. So there's a lot of different <laughs> ways we could go for this. I mean, you're a pastor in title only at this point. Um, Appreciate that. Thank yeah, you sure. For that <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's sweet, big T. Yeah, yeah. Any other any other kindnesses you have for me? I'll take them this morning, man. That's beautiful. Well, you bet. I mean, in addition to happy cakes, you know, which is going to be the kindness. That well, that's actually what's keeping me going right now. That's what's sure. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be a snack tycoon slash pastor here in a matter of weeks. But, baby, what's your what's your best conf of all time? Ah, oh, dude. So, all right, so I judge – this is how I judge it now, boys. I judge a conf off of really – it's kind of like – it's a version of what Pipe said. I judge a conf off of the fun I have at the conf but not in the conf, right? Okay. So for me, it's like if I got some buddies there or some people that I like hanging with – like that's that I walk away going, man, that was great. That was fun. I, maybe I caught like one session or something like that. So here's a great example. Like I had, I had a, this was pipe. What was this? Three years ago, TGC conference and me and pipe kind of hung out quite a bit. And that was just super fun for me. Um, and that, like that, I look back on that and I go, I got to know pipe a little bit better, you know, at that, at that conference. And, mm -hmm. and we kind of had some hang time and it was just really fun. I was hanging with him at the booth and we had a lot of fans coming up and talking about the pod. And so that, I don't know, that was just really enjoyable. So a couple of days of that, um, I'm all in, I'm here for it. Yeah. I, I, Ronnie makes a good point. I think the best conferences are the ones where they don't like funnel everybody into the main sessions and shut everything else down, but they understand that, uh, just sort of giving it breathing room so you can go grab meals or hang out in the exhibit hall or the, you know, get coffee or whatever and just see people. Cause it's like you get to, for, for like 15 years, there were friends who I only saw at conferences, but that means I saw them like five times a year, which is more than I see my family. So, uh, my extended family, I should clarify. Yeah. And, uh, and so like those are legitimate friendships as long as you have time to, you know, catch up and see each other for an hour beforehand. So conferences that allow that and TGC is good because they do like four sessions a day, but it's not like session, session, session. Like T4G is the worst when it comes to that because mm. they shut down the exhibit hall. They expect yeah, everybody yeah, in there to listen so to bad. two and a half hour long sermons. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and they're just like they don't they don't care about what happens outside the sessions in the same way. Well, I'll tell you what. So here was one that I can say that I just thought was a really cool idea and I kind of dug it and it, it happened. Um, this one happened like eight years ago. It was in Michigan in the beginning of December and it was called the Sola Solas conference. And it was put on by Noel Heikinen, if that's how you pronounce his name. And, uh, and, and Katie Wise. So they did a conference in like, <laughs> yeah, that was put on by Noel Heikinen in the same way that like, the books that Katie Y and I wrote together were written by me. Let's, let's not bury the lead here, baby. This was, this is Katie Wise like fame moment starting the pop. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but like Noel, <laughs> the problem is, is that you know Katie Wise, we as we know around that time had a church of about four hundred and fifty people, uh -huh. whereas Neil, our boy Neil, had a church of like five thousand people. So there was a little bit of equity in terms of like, well, that's true. You know, the, yeah, how they could how they could play this thing out. Sure, but um, but that but that was um, 
It was kind of like this. So they, it was like a big conference in the sense that they had like the big bookstore and they had all the fun stuff, yeah. but there weren't like a million people there. So it kind of, it operated kind of next level, like next level conf, but it was still kind of smaller and more fun. And we were up there with some friends and it was just a good time. I mean, a weird time to throw a conf, you know, I mean, there was like nine feet of snow. Boy, like Lansing in January, in just no, beautiful. No, December, right? Oh, right, December, like even better. Yeah. And maybe it's because there was some Christmas in the air too, which kind of gave it that that feel, you know. But it was great; mm. it was cool. Great, baby. I there, there was one conference that I went to, and I did like a small breakout session, but I got to attend the rest and didn't have any official responsibilities. Called the Canvas Conference, mm. which was it was the so they did it in Portland for a few years. It was put on by primarily it was like Western Seminary and Humble Beast Records. That's right, and they there that was great because all of their speakers. It was all kind of built around theology and creativity, theology and the arts. And so it was it wasn't just like a bunch of stuffy white preachers. There was a bunch of artists, a bunch of um, there were professors, but kind of looking at very specific aspects of it. And and they they broke out the sessions into like nine minute talks, 17 minute talks, full length things. So kind of there was a whole bunch of variety to it. And uh, it was it was a lot more enjoyable than the just sort of your typical kind of church leader flow, you know, 40 minute sermon, go get a break, two hour breakout, go get, you know, coffee, whatever. And it was in Portland, which is a, a really makes it awesome cool. city. So it was, yeah, but it was you fun. Know, but Pipe, that brings up a good point because I went to, I, I forget what this was. It may have been like one of those pre-comps kind of a thing, but I went to one and it was only two hours long. They had like eight speakers, but everybody did like a 10 minute TED talk. And I always thought that was really cool because, like, it really kept your interest. You know what I mean? Like, everybody had a timer. They could only yeah. get across, like, one point. And I thought, dude, that's the way to do it. That was really cool. And and so, yeah, so if somebody is, if somebody's a really lousy speaker, like, you know their, their time limit. They're not going to drag this out for another 40 minutes. They've only just, it's got – It's not even a eight, thing, yeah. Yeah, they got eight more minutes, so you just – sit there for eight minutes and then they're off. And so, yeah, so I did one of the, one of the talks was like 17 minutes and the way that they had it lined up, like you had to land it at 17 minutes. If you went a minute over, like it snowballs for the rest of the day kind of thing. And so it was probably the hardest talk I've ever had to get ready for because there is no wiggle room. And so you better, you got to tighten up and make sure you land it. And it was, it was a lot of fun, but Mm. yeah, it was way more engaging than the, the kind of bloated sermon conference. I dig it, man. I think I think there should be a, a conference called Bloated Sermon. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's the conf we finally do. I think boys. that'd be Bloated terrific. Sermon Conference. <laughs> that'd be terrific. Um, the BSC. BSC, Bloated Sermon. Um, boys, yeah, listening to you guys talk about the nitty gritty of conferences is like that. That's like Ron listening to me talk about zone blitz schemes. Um, but it's oh, this is great because I I love that I get excited about the, both of them. I know, both dude. Both See, worlds. That's why you're the perfect glue guy on this podcast. You've you've got you know the glue guy. Yeah, you you you've got interest in both areas. Now, boys, I'm going to throw something at you on this next one that's going to be um a bit controversial. Um, something that you're both going to be passionate about. I think this is from a gentleman named Joe Byler. And oh, his, I know Joe. His one of handle, my best friends. Great, baby. His handle is at... Now I'm really scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just well, be, you did not say Joe Biden, correct? Byler. You, well, okay. also one of Ronnie's best friends. Um, oh, snap. Oh. Things just got real. Oh. Things just wow. finally got real. 
on the pod. <laughs> this guy's like, handle the woke one. Yeah, that's, that's true. This one's at Joe underscore Byler. So real simple. Okay. And he forwarded us or screenshotted. I don't know what the what the proper vernacular is uh, from an organization called PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And Boy. this is their this is their tweet. This is PETA. Um, they say words can create a more inclusive world or perpetuate oppression. Calling someone an animal as an insult reinforces the myth that humans are superior to other animals and justified in violating them. Stand up for justice by rejecting supremacist language. And then they give some examples. Um, so in case you guys were looking for another cause, another kind of activism thing, um, this is, this is going to be a good space, I think, for you to be in. So here are some examples of using animals as insults and how it perpetuates what PETA is calling speciesism. Um, so I don't know if you've, if you've spent a lot of time kind of, kind of working through the issues of speciesism. I know I have, you know, there were, there were some dark moments there in 2020 where, uh, I just really grappled through a lot of this stuff. Um, (laughs) well, to even think about some of our pre-show prep, I mean, we have, well, yeah, we've gone ad nauseum (laughs) and ad infinitum about speciesism. I mean, that that comes up so much. We got to, Hey guys, we got to stop talking about this. We got to get to the pod. I mean, that happens all. Well, I know it. And we've kind of gone at each other, but it's been iron sharpening iron. I think these species, I was a little, I was a little offended that you guys turned on my invitation to pick it at Petco, but you know, (laughs) exactly. I've, I've, I've got Piper, I'm rethinking it, but it that. It still stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, which, I'm rethinking. Just, that was just scheduling, Pipe. Don't. Be oh, okay. So, guys, you need here, to get your priorities straight. I know. I agree. Here are some examples of using animals as insults and how it perpetuates speciesism. And it occurs to me that, like, if we take all these off the table, we're ruining a lot of movies that are set in the 1950s. Um, here we go. Instead of saying that somebody's a chicken. You should say that they're a coward. Um, so that that great scene with Biff in the diner in uh, Back to the Future when they're in the fifties, um, Biff should have said he should have just cut to the chase with Marty McFly and said, "Look, you're a coward, not a chicken." Mm. And maybe they could have worked out their differences in a nonviolent can, way in that scene. Can I bring up a, co- a counterpoint to that one? If sure. you've ever, I, I'm a I'm a bit of a westerns fan myself. You know. Okay. Yeah. Same. And uh, so if if two gunslinging cowboys are playing cards, mm-hmm. and you know one of them calls the other one a cowardly cheat or a coward or a cheat. Yeah. There's no animals involved here. Yeah. One of them is going to be shot dead in a moment. Yeah. Whereas when you call somebody a chicken, like the worst that happens is you get like a swirly. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like the violent outflow of coward might be a little worse than than chicken. No offense to the chickens who are listening. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I think the chicken community um, there there must have been some some pushback uh, on this, which is why we're where we are, right? And dialogue is the first step, boys. So I'm glad we're doing this. So okay, it's a that's a fair point. I, I really ought to be more open minded. My apologies. My I mean, think of the chickens. You know, is that so hard? Like, uh, are we that like narrow minded that we can't think of these animals on a on a moment by moment basis? Um, it's hard for me to just not think about happy cakes right now in the moment. Well, boys, this next animal is one that really has gotten a bad rap for about as long as I can remember. Um, it's hurtful. Um, so instead of calling someone a rat, you should just say snitch. Um, so think about Isn't it. Isn't that Harry Potter's ism? Like. 
it, I feel like this, you know, the snitch plays a key role in Harry Potter. And so if you call somebody a snitch, aren't you insulting like a, a cultural phenomenon that is deeply loved by so many people? There's a lot of facets to this issue is all. I'm yeah, this say. gets complicated. Yeah. Maybe we just, yeah. I don't I'm know. not at liberty to say, really. Um, well, you're a middle-aged white guy. I'm not even sure you're allowed to talk about this. I'm not at liberty mm-hmm. to really address any of this, but uh, I'm, I'm just the conduit. I'm just reading what's here. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip down to the last one. Uh, instead of calling someone a sloth, which I'm mm. sure, you know, boy, it, if I had a nickel for every time I called someone a sloth, I would, I would be rich, right? Um, Solomon is triggered right now. <laughs> exactly. So instead of calling someone a sloth, you should just call them lazy. Which I mm. tends to go really well in interpersonal settings to just cut right to the chase and call someone lazy. Um, so PETA, good wisdom here. You know, they've they've given us a lot to to kind of think about. So um boys. Yeah, th- my my being that. offended my being offended fire was running low, so I'm glad I have something else to be offended at. Um, That's it. That, we need more issues. Has, yeah. They've really banked banked that and fueled that up, so I'm I'm feeling really good and irritable now. Yeah, twenty twenty one was feeling a little bit calm and way way to go, PETA, to just step into that um moment of of calm and fill it with more conflict which really is is what we need um nicely done good work joe byler and Peta. uh all right i have i feel like i have another one um okay this is from kevin at kevin d moses a question for each of you and we can go a little quicker on this one maybe if listeners were to read only one book of yours a travesty i know which book would you recommend so, Does he mean which book is a travesty or which book should they read? I think it, it's, it would be a travesty for them to read only one book of ours, oh, which okay. I agree with. Okay. Um, so one book, each of you, which book would you recommend? Go. Um, well, I think my most recent one, Hoping for Happiness, is, the, is my best book, just because I think I've improved as a writer. And I think I did a, as good a job as I could uh, trying to kind of hone hone the the subject matter and write it well, so that's probably my best one. Uh, if I was just going to recommend one, I like it. Ronald, I'm gonna um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I appreciate pipe. I'm gonna go. I I kind of like I kind of like when you go to that artist who has 20 albums out. I like finding the one that just that just tanked. Uh-huh. And did really poorly because I'm fascinated <laughs> by that. So obviously, obviously, you could pick any of my books for that, but uh. the one in the one specifically that I'm going to recommend is, of course, the Bridezilla of Christ. Bridezilla, great title, Bridezilla. great cover, kind of tanked, but maybe there's yeah. a long tail on this thing, baby. Maybe uh, you know what? I bet when we launch Happy Cakes, um, you know, we can get creative. Oh, it'll, yeah, yeah, with some Bridezilla promotion and and see some new sales on that one. I have a. Fr- I, I should tell you this uh, real yeah. quick, uh, T. I have yeah. a dude that's part of our network. Mm-hmm. You guys. I know you know who he is, Pipe, but he literally, I don't think there's a moment that goes by. I see him probably three times a year at like events. Yeah. And literally, literally, he brings <laughs> up that book every time. And he always goes like this. Yeah. He always goes like this. He goes, dude, he goes, he goes, I thought Stop Your Complaining was like really good. He goes, I, like, I've done Bible studies with that book and all that. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. He goes, uh-huh. why did you write that other one? What, the Bridezilla thing. And uh-huh. literally, he taught. He says that to me every time. What's he as getting if at? He's, like, what's he as trying if he's to? He's like, never said it before. Yeah, as if he's he never says, said like, it. He yeah. basically said, like, like who wants to read that? Like, why did you guys even write that? Like, that was just the dumbest idea of all time. Wow, 
it's, yeah. it's super encouragement there. It's super um, encouraging, and I'm always looking at him, and he's always now that guy's of, got the gift of encouragement. I bet his flock. He has just the gift of encouragement. He, he does yeah. not have the gift of encouragement, no. but it's funny because he's looking at me with a smirk on his face, like like you know we're just buds, and I'm kind of joking, except you know he's kind of not joking. Little you know spectrum I mean? me, this guy maybe some like social uh, issues. I don't know. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you his name off the air. Oh. Or is he just an any? Or is he just an enneagram eight or the eight hole as it's often called? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's some, there's a pipe. There's definitely a lot going on there for sure. Like one of those guys that's just like he's a little oblivious. You know, it's a little oblivious. Sure, you know? sure. That, Interesting. Um, yeah, well, you'd like to hear that for some encouragement. Well, yeah, absolutely. That just. Um, Kind of took the wind out of my sails, but no, uh, we didn't because we have happy cakes. That's just I know, better. baby. We're going to be so rich with happy cakes. It's we're we're not even going to remember that book. Well, you, you um, didn't answer the question, Ted. boys. I think we should land the plane because we have a. What's one book if you're going to recommend one? And you wait. What was the question? Like, twice uh, as many as Ronnie and me combined. Oh. Besides Household Gods, what's the one book you'd recommend everybody, Big T? Baby, why did you bring up Household Gods? That's funny. Because I wrote the foreword on it, and I actually like that book. I like it, too. Yeah, I like that book a lot. That was a fun one. That was one that I did with my lady, which yeah. uh, is, is a big phenomenon now. Everybody's writing a book with their lady. But uh, we, were, we were early to that. And in true my career fashion, um, we did the thing like five years before it became popular and saleable. But... Uh, you know what? While we're on Household Gods, I'm, I'm just going to say that was my favorite one because I got to do it with KK. Um, it was a lot of fun to work with her. I think it's a good book. I think it's timely. Um, it's about the whole issue of family idolatry in the church, which is um, a real thing. Churches making, uh, making it seem like the only way to really be Christian is to have a spouse and like eight kids. So uh, give it a read, Household Gods. I, you know, I can see why That's that cool. one struggled a little bit, um, because mm. the biggest demographic yeah. for buying Christian books is the moms of families with <laughs> totally. about eight kids. So um, yeah. they, that, that may have been a little on the nose. Yes, yeah. Yeah, your, your boy here can really come up with a... I, I can always find a way to not sell a book. Let's be honest. That's my that's my spiritual gift, according to Ronnie's <laughs> friend as well. Who would want to? Read I mean, that? it's just and that apropos, that gives us you know. gives us a lot of encouragement for the book we're currently writing. He's big T, so thanks. Actually, all kidding aside, I think the book we're currently writing is going to be the money. Um, I, it, it is it, turning out really good. We should encourage our listeners. Like it's turning. Dude, out we should. It's like it's really fresh. It's really new. It's super fun to write. Like the. The back and forth has been a blast. I think this book is going to be... It, it has the chance to to really have legs and be really successful, and it's going to be a fun read for people. So um, I'm excited for when that hits the shelf in six years. Um, that'll be that'll be really fun. We'll all be grandparents by then. You know, good, good stuff. Um, no, it won't be six years. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, boys, we have done what we always do on this program mm. in that we've created a snack product. We have honored our listenership and we've answered some of their questions, which are, are really insightful. Um, we've gotten into speciesism, which I feel like has just been, oh, gosh. now I almost did it again, oh. you guys. I almost said it's been the elephant in the room, oh, I, which that oh, would see, be, it, it, yeah, see, I, I would have gone 800 pound gorilla in the room, but I'm you know, that's like it. a weight joke and it's speciesism. Goodness. Well, there you go. We would both be wrong. Wouldn't we? 
Yeah, that's that's right. So you guys are dogs. Are we? It, I will. Uh, are we allowed to say see, like? See how easy you know, it is, baby. Are we allowed just to say to like, "What up, that. dog?" to anybody, or is that like, is that is that using animal in a positive way, or is that speciesism? Okay, all right. Mm. Depends on the person, I think. You know, I mean, just, pipe. If you want to say trying, what up, dog. I'm just trying to think of like <laughs> where freedom. where are the boundaries on speciesism? It's fuzzy. Okay, yeah. everything's a boundary. I I, th- I think they're everywhere, you know, and I, I think that's the yeah. point. Everything's a boundary, you know. Just conversations for the birds. Ah, see, wow. Oh, you guys, um, we're losing all of our PETA listeners. They're they're just fleeing like rats off a ship. See, did it again. <laughs> um, boys, we've done what we always do, which yeah, is I think offend. We've made them feel like a fish out of water. Our honestly. PETA listeners. And create a snack. Oh, Kenny, just ignore everything Kenny, past minute six Kenneth, on this pod. Stay with us. Reach out. Uh, I'm going to be waiting by my phone. I'm going to leave my phone on all night. I'm going to leave the ringer on in case Kenny like wants to call at two in the morning to 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 chop it up about uh, about happy cakes. But we are we are here to do that, boys. And we have done what we always do. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.